0: praise your name this morning. Thank you for another day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience, Lord God. We give you praise. We give you honor right now. We know that it is in you that we live, that we move, and that we have our very being. Father, we are nothing without you. We need you every day. And right now, we need you. We pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit. Dear God, that you will minister through us this day. And that through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. As our praise ministry comes to lead us in a time of praise and worship, let your anointing be heavy upon them, Lord God. That even through the ministry in song and worship, your name will be glorified. And your people will be blessed. We invite your presence. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in our lives. Hallelujah. Arise to your rest and be blessed. Oh, Lord, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. We serve a big God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing Hallelujah. that our God yeah. can't do, and He's worthy to be praised.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, my God, God. it's big, it's big, and all of my problems.
1: hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. we serve a mighty God that's been so good to us people often say if he's, um, he's done enough for us God if he never does anything he's already done enough hallelujah God we thank you for the finished work on the cross hallelujah God because of that finished work God we have hope God we have hope in our souls God that's brighter than a perfect day God and God, this is a pretty perfect day to me. Nah, I like a cool breeze. You, I like for it not to be too hot or hallelujah. too cold. Yeah. Thank you, God. But God, we just thank you that your mercies are new. Thank you, Jesus. And you are greater. You are more perfect than our minds can hallelujah. conceive of what perfection is. So Jesus. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for your love. We thank you for being good. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 So we worship you, God. Because of who you are and what, because and because of what you've done. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go.
3: Lord, I never know how much it costs to see my sins Hallelujah. upon that cross. I never know how much it costs to see. Sins upon the cross. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together loving, all together. to worship. Here I am to worship. Here
2: I am to bow down.
1: we thank you lord jesus we worship you today god hallelujah oh yes hallelujah jesus god we bless your name you're worthy lord god hallelujah hallelujah god hallelujah god
2: hallelujah hallelujah god thank you jesus hallelujah god hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes,
1: Lord.
0: Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise Glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus.
2: Glory to
0: your name, Jesus. I'll never know how much a my sin on that cross. All I can do is worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. This morning, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, we'll take our text, reading it, starting reading at verse number 9. Hallelujah. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. I want to use for a thought this morning while we are waiting. While we are waiting. So, Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, first of all, thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your anointing, Father. We thank you for your word that you said that when it goes forth will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. You said you will prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today and for the things that you sent your word to in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in us today. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit. That I might speak what you've spoken to me, to your people. Dear God, and I will do it effectively, Lord, and clearly and concisely, Lord. And exactly like you've given it. God, take control. Be glorified. I yield to you, Father. We yield this time to you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. While we are waiting. Praise the Lord. This is an interesting yet sometimes missed section of Scripture that speaks of the time in between Jesus' ascension into heaven and the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. As we read here, after Jesus' ascension into heaven, uh, immediately the disciples were standing there gazing up into the heavens. And the angel of the Lord spoke to them and asked them, "Why Why are you standing here gazing up into the heavens for this same Jesus uh, that you've seen taken up from you will so come in like manner. So in essence, there's no need for you to stand here gazing. You need to move. You need to be doing something else, okay? Uh, but there is a waiting period. There is a waiting period before the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, okay? Uh, and and so as I was meditating uh, on this time that we're in while we're waiting uh, for life and ministry to return to some semblance of 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 what we are used to it being, uh, where we can meet together where we can hold different teaching sessions in person where we even though we 're in person this morning we 're still socially distanced but where we can where we can visit people where we can fellowship with one another and fellowship with our our, our brother and sister sisters from other congregations, face to face and so forth, where we can hug each other and we don't have to do these virtual hugs, you know, and shake one another's hand once again. While we're waiting to get back to that, there are some things that we need to be doing. Amen. And in this time, in this time, there's, there are things that are so desperately needed. Because we are, as human beings, created as social beings. We're not created to be separated. We're not created to be in our houses alone or simply just with our family. Some of us, you know, are not really fellowshipping with our family members that don't live in the houses with us. You know, I've not hugged my brothers and sisters since March. You know, even though I've seen them, they don't live in my house. And I love them and I trust them, but when I go to see them, they get this. They get this. You know, they don't, we don't embrace one another. We're not created to be like that. We're created to be communal people. We're created to live together. We're created to fellowship, you know, and that's been this whole issue, part of the issue with the push to get our children back in school. Of course, you know, for some people, they're not used to their children being home all of the time, and so they're ready, they were ready to get their children out of the house, you know, so they could kind of get some peace, you know, Um, but... You know, we're created as social beings, and and so we we need need this. As wonderful as Zoom is, as wonderful as Google Meet is, it just does not suffice for what we need personally, spiritually, and emotionally. Amen. Amen. One day we're going to get back to that. We don't know when. We don't know how long it's going to be. But one day I believe the Lord is going to allow us to get back to that. In the meantime, while we we wait for that, there are things that need to be done. Life is still going on. Therefore, spiritual warfare is still taking place. The enemy is still attacking people. You can see it. I don't know if you pay attention to it. It seems to me like... There are more murders, there are more deaths, there are more accidents. I mean I mean every day and it used to you used to see this on television, but now it just seems like there's so much I read this morning of a mother and and a child that was killed in a car accident. you know it's just it just seems like it's more of those things happening now, you know. So there, there, there's still a lot of spiritual warfare going on. The, the enemy is attacking. Therefore, ministry has to go on. We can't be off to the side just taking care of ourselves and forgetting about the fact that we're in a world where the devil is attacking people and they need Jesus. Amen. They need the hope of the gospel. Amen. They, 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 they need the, the, the hope and the peace and, and the joy that only Christ Jesus can give to them. Amen. We who say that we know Jesus, we need to be presenting Christ to this, to this world that we're living in. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 Um, so the Lord has been dealing with me about that, even with dealing with what's happening now. The Lord has also been dealing with me about our future, about our future, what we will do, how ministry will take shape, where we will be, and so forth, when we come out of this pandemic season. Yesterday morning, I woke up at four o'clock, and my mind, the wheels of my mind, were turning, thinking about this. And I got up and and I started looking, searching on the internet. Uh, and begin to read, looking for information, looking for insight, looking for inspiration concerning some specific directions that I sense God pushing me toward for the future of ministry. And particularly, I was dealing with missions. But 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 even that, I was thinking about tabernacle of praise and 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 where we would be, what what ministry is going to look like as we go forth. Uh, into our future once this pandemic season is over. Uh, the Lord began to press in my mind about connections that, that he is. Safe and, and, and thinking about these divine connections and, and how God may want to use these connections to benefit us as we plan for our future. Because life goes beyond today. Life goes beyond where we are right now. I don't know how many of you all are already thinking about what it's going to look like when we go move back into the sanctuary, what worship is going to be like. We're not going to be in the parking lot through December because after a while it's going to get cold. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. And unless we have to, I really don't want to go back to simply preaching on the Internet and you staying at home. Amen. As wonderful as that is... People tend to get lazy when they stay at home. Yeah, yeah, as wonderful as that is. And I already talked about folk that say they can multitask. So while they're saying they're listening to the broadcast, they're washing dishes, you know, you're washing dishes, dishes, you're using the bathroom, you might be taking a shower, you might be sweeping the floor, you might be cooking dinner, while you say that you're listening to the broadcast. But your mind is divided. And you're not giving the attention to the Lord that you need to be giving to the Lord. And I don't care how much people multitask, amen, the Lord requires our undivided attention. Amen. I learned a long time ago that when I say I'm worshiping, I need to be worshiping. Even when I'm sitting in the sanctuary, my mind doesn't mean the ball game that's coming on at 1 o'clock. I need to be giving my attention to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I can't be watching what somebody else is doing. Amen. When I'm supposed to be worshiping. Praise the Lord. I wonder sometimes how people see other folk when they're dancing and shouting and praising the Lord. You ought to be dancing and shouting and praising the Lord yourself so that you're not looking at what other people are doing. That means that your mind is divided. You're not giving the Lord the attention that he deserves. And he deserves it because he is God. He is sovereign. He is good. He is great. He is mighty. He is majestic. He has blessed you in so many ways. He deserves your undivided attention, amen. And as I was thinking about all of this i even I even heard in my spirit, man the Lord, as he spoke through Isaiah to the nation of Israel, he said. And I won't read all of this, but you can go back and read it, Forty three sixteen, 16, uh, following. The thing that jumped in my spirit, that dropped in my spirit was, do not remember the former things, nor consider the old, the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Amen. Shall you not know it? Amen. If I'm paying attention to the Lord, if I'm in tune with what God is doing, if I'm available, if my mind and my spirit man is available to the Lord, when this new thing springs forth, I will see it. Amen. Amen. I will behold it. But if my mind is divided, if my mind is somewhere else, if my attention is on something else, I will miss what God is doing. So as we anticipate coming out of this season that we're in, the Lord wants us to prepare while we're waiting, okay? It has been said by a lot of people that this time is not a time just for us to think about ourselves and to enjoy the time away from the norm. And, of course, now, you know, we're kind of like we see ourselves moving and children going back to school and a lot of people have gone back to work and even gone into their offices, okay? But this is a time for us to prepare ourselves for what is to come, and how to proceed uh, as we go into our future as a ministry, as a people of God. And saints of God, somehow or another, we have to get to the place where we understand that ministry and life go hand in hand. We got to understand that, that my life is my ministry and my ministry is my life. So ministry is at home with my wife, ministry is at home with my child, ministry is in Walmart, ministry is in, is in, 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 in Publix, ministry is in Food Lion, ministry is on my job. Whether I, because of who I am in Christ, I can't separate the two. And, and sometimes people who say that they are believers, they, they make a distinction. You can't make a distinction if you're a true believer, because you are a Christian everywhere you go. Amen. Amen everywhere you go you are a follower of Jesus Christ so therefore you are a christian amen amen so as we as we proceed into our future we need to be thinking about how all of this will look like what what will we be doing okay what do we need to do and i don't know if 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 I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me. I won't say what I just started to say because that ain't what the Lord told me to say. Okay. The time in the upper room was not only a time uh, uh, for them for waiting. The time in the upper room was a time of preparation. It's time of preparation. They needed to be ready for this new thing that the Lord would do in the world and in them uh, and be ready to be used by the Lord As he is doing it okay even though they didn't exactly know what this would look like okay all right remember last Sunday's message it dealt with the fact that God has a plan okay God had a plan to bring the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt they didn't know exactly what that plan looked like that was not their business to know sometimes we want to know too much yeah. Yeah. We can't move forward because we want to know God. God, how are you going to do this? God, how are you going to fix this? You don't need to know how God is going to fix it. All you need to know is that God will fix it. Amen. And when God fixes it, it's fixed right. If you try to fix it, it's a mess. Bless the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. They simply needed to trust God as he worked his plan out for them. God had a plan from the foundation of the world to bring about the redemption and the salvation of those of us who would believe. No human being fully knew how that plan would work out. 1 Corinthians 2 and 8 says, None of the rulers of this age understood it. speaking of the wisdom of God and bringing Christ into the world and and, 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 and and allowed him to be crucified on the cross. It said that no one knew it. Okay, they didn't know. If they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. They didn't know how God's plan was going to work out. God had a plan. Okay, when Christ spoke of his return, his disciples wanted to know when. Okay, Jesus' answer was, of that day, of that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, not not even the Son, only the Father. Okay, nobody knows. So we don't fully know how God is going to work his plan out. The important thing to know is God has a plan. God has a plan. And he has a way of unveiling his plan as we trust him, as we walk by faith day by day by day. This lack of knowledge is not an excuse to do nothing. Okay? It is a clarion call to prepare for that day and that time while we are waiting. This is what has been resonated in my spirit over the past few weeks. While we wait, while, while we are waiting Let's prepare. Let's prepare. I know we've done some things. We have technology already set up so we can do various types of ministry online. Thank God for that. We've we made progress on the mission field. Do you realize that we've done more on the mission field since March as far as some physical things that have taken place? And I, I don't want to go through everything that has happened, you know, but we've done more on the mission field than 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 we've done over... Past years and get them some physical things in place. I may as well tell you a few of those. So we bought land for the church in Guinea, amen. We 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 we've, we've already started preparing to plant a church in Ghana. We we have um we we've planted a, We're planted a church in Burkina Faso, preparing to buy land for the church to build in Burkina Faso. There are two churches being planted in Kenya. We started a a chicken project in Kenya, amen. I'm not on the field. I'm not going out there. Amen. But our presence is being felt. God God has allowed this time, amen, where we're not spending money traveling, and the day will come when we'll have to go back because you have to see the work. But God has opened up this way for us To do more work, we're finishing phase one of the church in Dominican Republic. I told the church a little little while ago, our goal for this project was $6,500. We only need $1,500 in a matter of two weeks. Look at God. Look at God. Amen. 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 We're still feeding the orphans. Amen. We know about Mother Deborah Gretzman being sick. God blessed, her. We raised money so we were able to take care of her medical expenses. She's still not fully recovered. But God provided the way so that they would have the money that they needed to go to see the doctor, the, the doctors that they needed to see so that she could begin to walk again. And praise God she's improving little by little by little. Amen. Amen. So we've done more in this time, amen, while we have been in this pandemic season. We've made a lot of progress, amen, even though we've not been physically present, okay? And it's also allowed me to see missions from a different perspective. Praise the name of Jesus. So my mind is rolling. God, what else can we do? God, what do you want us to do? God, where do you want us to go? Where do we need to shift, why do we need to do some different types of things? How can we even do conferences online and we're not even on the field? How can we train our pastors, amen, when we're not even out there with them physically? Amen. Yeah. We're a platform for ministry that has reached thousands of people. Amen. And I, hopefully you've seen the reports that have come that, you know, we're having listeners People are tuning into our broadcast and listening to the podcast in Spain, in Korea, in Russia, places I've never been, places you've never been because of the ministry platforms that the Lord has given to us. Yet the Lord has impressed in my spirit. We're still in a holding pattern. We're still in a period of waiting as such. We must do what we can while we wait for the next move or for further instructions from the Lord. So the disciples were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. But while they waited, they did some things. What did they do? And the things that they did were critical for ministry. Okay, They were very critical for ministry. We need to hear this today. The Lord wouldn't have impressed it in my spirit if we didn't need to hear this. And it's going to seem simple, but, but pay really close attention. When you read this passage of Scripture, when you go further, I just read 9 through 11. But when you read on from verse 12 to the end of the chapter, you see what they did, okay? They continued, they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, that's what they did. Now, continued with one accord, one accord in prayer and supplication. What we see here is unity and harmony among those 120 believers in the upper room. Can everybody say unity and harmony? And notice the scripture says, they continued. It didn't say they started. They continued. Okay. They continued to be unified, and they continued to be harmonious, as Jesus had taught them. There was no schism among them. Jack Hayford in his Leadership Bible says, being of one accord is one dominant trait of New Testament leadership. New Testament leadership, one accord, a one accord. Now, he speaks of leadership, but here it was that entire body in the upper room, not just the apostles. All of the believers were counted among the leadership, and I think that's important for us to hear. It's important for us to hear, okay? Because each one of us are leaders wherever we are, wherever we might serve you're a leader in your home, you're a leader on your job, you're a leader in school, you're a leader. For the fellowship of believers, they continued with one accord, okay? Whenever the early church leaders gathered in Jerusalem, it was said that they were in unity and harmony with one another and with God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, the Bible says, So they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking the bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And what did God do? God added to the church, daily such as should be saved. Are you listening? In Acts chapter 4, verse 24, After Peter and John were released from prison, Amen. They went back to the fellowship of believers, and they reported everything that the scribes, uh, that the priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard that, the Bible says they raised their voice to God with one accord in worship and praise. In Acts chapter five, verse twelve, it's recorded. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord on Solomon's porch. So these believers operated in unity and harmony, an example for believers today. As we wait for the next marching orders, we must continue in unity and harmony. For the early church... Their agreement was spiritual, it was practical, and was also theological. They shared their lives together. They understood the health that comes to the whole fellowship from caring for one another. They lived in unity and harmony, a unity that mimicked the unity of the Godhead. Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my Father and I are one. Paul later taught in in Ephesians chapter 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in your one unity. Oh, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would will be unified. We have so many different messages, so many different beliefs. You know, well, we, we're just divided. But it's important, the Lord is saying the tabernacle of praise that we maintain, that we operate in unity and harmony. Don't allow any root of bitterness to arise in you. Don't allow the enemy to whisper words of dissension into your ears or words of disruption in your mind. Don't allow any confusion to to arise between you and any other believer. Operate in unity and harmony. We're to be strong as we come out of this. We're gonna operate in unity and harmony. It's important. It's very important. Second thing I noticed, are y'all still with me? Are y'all listening? Praise the name of Jesus. Second thing that I noticed that they did while they waited was they took care of an important business matter of the church. Now, this is controversial. But it's the Bible. Amen. Now, it's the way that they took care of it that speaks to the church today. Okay. And of course, this important business matter, pay, pay close attention, and we've kind of talked about this before. Um, not from the scripture, but this important business matter dealt with Judas's position. You know what happened to Judas, right? Judas was one of the apostles. And Judas betrayed Jesus, so Judas committed suicide. So his, the Bible says his bishopric was empty. His position was empty. And it had to be filled. Okay? Now notice that his bishopric was empty not because he died, but because he deserted his position. Okay? It's important to note that. The church, the church today misses a lot of this, and when I go through this, you'll hear, you'll hear this. But this ties into us being operating in unity and harmony, because you hear a lot of different things coming from the outside. It's important that you hear what the Lord sends to you. All right, Amen. All right, all right, um, and it's important. Because of God's patterns. Somebody say God's patterns. Ooh. So when you study Scripture, you discover God's patterns. It's kind of similar to what Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Another's voice they will not hear. The more I study Jesus, the more I hear his words, I mean, the more I, I, I learn of him, the more I know what sounds like him. I know his patterns. So if I, come, if I come in contact with something that's not of the Lord, immediately I know that doesn't even sound like Jesus. Now, when we start talking about God's pattern... Is controversial because today's church wants to do what he or she wants to do. We are not so much concerned about God's patterns. We will see XYZ church down the road doing something. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's do it. What about God's pattern? Before you follow somebody else's pattern, you have the record. You have the Word of God. You need to study the Word of God, and you need to discover God's pattern. Okay? So they had to fulfill Judas' bishopric, all right, which speaks to the fact that they needed some sound leadership in the church, but they also needed to follow God's pattern. Both of them would help the church move forward. God's pattern is critical because the church belongs to Him, it does not belong to men. Amen. All, most of us pastors will say, My church, my church. Hey, my church. It's the Lord's church. Amen. It's my business to pray and to seek the face of God and to keep my ear close to the mouth of God so that I discover what God wants for his church. One of the most challenging things in preaching is to get up and preach what God said preach and not preach what you want to preach. Amen. It's challenging. It's challenging not to get up and preach what you heard somebody else preach. Amen. Challenging not to be lazy and to study. You know, don't you know how many sermons there are on the internet? You want to find a sermon? Type in a topic and search, and you can find the sermon. But is that what is that what God said for you to speak to the congregation that He placed you over? It's challenging, but it takes discipline to say to yourself, I will study the Word of God, I will seek the face of God, and if God doesn't give me anything until I stand up in the pulpit on Sunday morning, I will say what God says. Say It's easy. You all know. About plagiarism in college, right? I've been to college. You know about plagiarism, right? What is plagiarism? Copying somebody else's work. It's right to read someone else's work, but it has to become your own. You have to use that. You have to, you have to use that. You have to interpret You have to interpret it. You have to change the words. You have to change the perspective, and it has to become your own. There's nothing new under the sun. I'm taking too long right here. There's nothing new under the sun, so it's okay reading other people's sermons. It's wonderful to listen to other preachers, but I can't preach to you what another preacher preached to his congregation. The inspiration that the Lord gives me from that, I have to pray, I have to see God's face, and I have to see how God wants to use it to speak to you. All right. So, leadership. Leadership is the key to getting things done in ministry. You are you all listening? Leadership, leadership. Leadership. So here, uh um, one of the things that, that Peter is doing is he's laying the foundation for the church and for the spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, it's it's, it's critical right here in the upper room. Now, you got to note that the early church didn't have, everybody didn't have a Bible. They didn't have 66 books. They may have, may have had Old Testament scrolls. So in the beginning of the church, it was important for foundations to be laid. And so those in that position as apostle, the one that would be chosen, Peter lays out the criteria. Kind of jumping ahead of myself. Peter lays out the criteria. So, so let, me, let me just back up a little bit, and then I'll come back to this criteria. The thing that we notice Peter doing here, and prayerfully you see this in the way we preach, not just me, but our, our ministers and our elders and people who teach and preach here. Peter was faithful to the Scriptures. As we go forward, we must always remain faithful to the Scriptures. What did Peter say when he stood up Uh, in verse 16? He says, men and brethren, this scripture must be fulfilled. What scripture? He was quoting from Psalm 26, verse 25. Then in verse 20, he said, for it is written in the book of Psalm. He's in the scriptures. Psalm 109, verse 8. We are a ministry that believes in the foundation of the scripture. We must never move away from that. And as we move forward, we want to we more accurately and rightly divide the word of truth. God's word always gives us the way forward, not my ideas. It's God's word, it's how God speaks, God's inspiration. If I get something that I'm not sure it's God, I got to go back to the Scripture. I got to find out, the, is this God? Is this like God? Is this God speaking? Our focus in general has to be loving the Lord, loving the brethren, winning souls, making disciples. And we want to put this in a nutshell. Didn't Jesus say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and your neighbor as yourself? All of the Lord and prophets hang on this. That's what Jesus said. We can't, we can't move away from that. We have to remember that. Sometimes it's difficult for some people to love other people, but you got to do it. Cool. You got to learn how to forbear with one another in love yeah. because when you don't love, you're just not neutral. Right, right. Hmm. That That's, right. That's right. You're not neutral. Don't think. Don't let the devil fool you to make you think that if you don't love this person, you're neutral. Nope. You've chosen the other side. You don't want to have anything to do with them. You actually hate them. Every time you think about them, they make you mad. Your blood starts boiling. Your blood pressure goes up. Are y'all laughing because you know it's the truth? (laughs) You can't be neutral in the world. You can't be neutral. You can't say, well, I'm not a Christian, but I'm not a servant of the devil. There's no such thing. Can't be neutral. Can't be neutral. Let me finish this. Now, now, now so, so Peter, as he, as he speaks to the leaders there, he starts out focusing in the Scriptures. If we're going to move forward, Peter is saying, we have to do this according to the Scriptures. Everything we do has to be according to the scriptures. Then, and this is the controversial part, as he as they as he spoke to them about choosing the leader, it wasn't controversial for them, but it it gets to be controversial for the church today because we've moved away from the scripture on this point. Okay, the church has. Okay, when you look at this. Peter is careful that there is no confusion about how this leader is to be chosen. Remember, they're fulfilling the bishopric of Judas who has committed suicide, who's died because he he deserted his position before he died. Okay? He deserted his position. And this had to be fulfilled. Now, you're talking about God's patterns. You're talking about God's patterns. How many tribes are there among the Hebrew people? Twelve tribes. Twelve. Twelve tribes. Uh, let, me not, let, me, let me finish this. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay. Twelve. The number twelve is important. I believe it's a number that signifies government. Notice now, and most people don't talk about this, but 120 in the upper room for the Sanhedrin to convene and be a council, there had to be at least 120 people present, 120 leaders present. So Luke taking the time to mention that there are 120 in the upper room is saying to the church who are still basically in Judaism, this is a deliberate assembly. This is a legal assembly to make decisions for the church. You know, we talk about a quorum for a business meeting. You understand what that is. All right? Yeah. So he says, he says this. Listen to what he says. The person chosen to fulfill this apostleship, to be counted among the 12. Somebody say 12. All right. Had to be one who witnessed The entire ministry of Jesus from the time of Jesus' baptism by John to his ascension up into heaven. And above all, he had to have witnessed the resurrection to be an apostle. To be an apostle. Somebody say, to be an apostle. Ooh show then the role of the apostle is limited to 12 people in acts chapter 12 i think it's chapter 12 verse 2 james is killed james doesn't desert his apostleship james is killed by herod there's no mention in scripture where james's position was filled are you listening the church, has, the church today, it's, it, we've entered into a dangerous place where we are title conscious. You've heard me talk about this before. All of these apostles that are rising up, when did they witness the resurrection of Jesus? They had to be eyewitnesses of the resurrection. I know we make some allowance. We go and we find other people that we call apostles. But these 12, now, now, Ephesians 2 and 20 talks about the church being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We are not laying foundations anymore. The foundation has been laid. Paul says there is no other foundation that can be laid than that which is already laid, Jesus Christ. We're building on that foundation. You say, well, Pastor, what is, what is this? How does this affect me? We need to be sound. Somebody's going to come to you. Somebody's going to pull you. Somebody's going to get you to be a part of something that you should. I've done it before in my ignorance, but I'm trying to help you not be ignorant. It's all right to say to people, this is not right. This is not according to Scripture. Where do you found the foundation? Where do you find the foundation in the Scripture? In Luke chapter 22, verses 28 through 30, you find scriptural support. It speaks of the apostles' unique role in sitting in the kingdom and judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Their numbers correspond to the 12 tribes of Israel, and for in a real sense, they represent restored Israel, the people of God. The community with Israel necessitates the restoration of this full number of 12. Because the church is built on the foundation of these 12 as representatives of true Israel. Nobody else could join that number. Nobody else could join this number. Even though Paul Paul calls himself an apostle to the Gentile, he could not be a part of that 12. And there were certain requirements for fulfilling the role of apostleship. You know why the church has deviated so far from the scriptures? Because people don't understand the scriptures. And so when one of us in the pulpit says, this is what should be, and because we don't know, we just go along with our leader because our leader is supposed to know. And then some more of us will say, oh, it doesn't matter. Somebody say God's pattern. Do you think God's pattern matters? The church has to come back to following God's pattern. So, so, so we are divided. The church is divided. The ch- and in division, it's like it's like um, you ever cooked something, you know, and then you poured water in it and you diluted it. Oh, well, let's talk about making tea. How many of y'all can make good sweet tea? If you put too much water in it, I don't care how much sugar you put in it, it's not going to be right because you've diluted it. So the church has been diluted. And in this season, as God is working with us, as God is bringing us back together, God is causing us to focus on his patterns so that we can stop being diluted. You don't have to have a title to minister. You don't have to. You don't have to spend $10,000 for a consecration service to minister. You don't have to do it. We've lost our way. We've even become bogged down in politics. We've allowed our vision to be clouded by political affiliation and selfish interest. We've got to go back to the scriptures. We've lost our way. We've compromised in order to keep big numbers coming and keep the money coming in. We've got to go back to the scriptures and be faithful to the scriptures. We've lost our way. We've become title seekers and idol gods to the people. I don't want anybody worshiping me. You see it. You see it. People become so big that they have to have guards standing around the pulpit that people can't get to the pulpit because they're scared somebody's going to touch them or do something to them. Something wrong with that picture. Jesus didn't have guards standing around him. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, did not have guards standing around him. When his disciples tried to stop even the little children from coming to them, he said, "Leave them alone." He said, "Suffer it to be so, for such is the kingdom of heaven." Now we are un- we are untouchable. We're untouchable. We don't want to deal with people. We don't want people coming to our houses. We Want people visiting us in our home because we are so anointed. There's something wrong with this picture of the church. And God is calling his church back to him. There's a pattern in the scriptures. Why do we have communion? Because there's a pattern in the scriptures. I don't understand a church that doesn't serve holy communion. I don't understand a people that don't take communion. There's a pattern in the scriptures. Jesus said that you do it until I come again. Why do we baptize? There's a pattern in the scriptures. Go back to the scriptures. So while we're waiting, let's maintain the spirit of unity and harmony. Let's follow God's pattern laid out to us in Scripture. So in the the days ahead, we will will do our yearly leadership meeting, and we have to make sure that ministry is prepared to go forward. We're going to pray. We're going to see God's face. We want to be in a place that we can be effective as God wants us to be effective. I pray that this message is blessed not only you but other people who have heard it. It's to help us, saints. Is to help us. You've heard me say over and over again that I'm burdened, troubled by what I see in the church. And it's not just the church in the United States. It's the church in many places that we are connected and the things that I see. You see, the church has to be separate from politics, even though we have to vote. But we have to be the conscience of the nation. We can't get so caught up in political affiliation that we forget Jesus. We can't get money coming into our pockets so much so that we blindly support political uh, leaders and we forget about our calling. We forget about the God that we serve. While we wait, let's go back to the scriptures. God is doing something in the body. You, we are the body of Christ. Let God do in us what he wants to do. Don't think this doesn't concern you. This concerns you. You are part of the body. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. You prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in us as we go forward in ministry. While we wait, do a work in our hearts, do a work in our lives, do a work in our minds. Prepare us to be your people. A mighty army moving forward to accomplish your will and your good pleasure. In this world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, the Lord Jesus gave his life on the cross for your sins, for my sins, so that we could be a part of Him, fulfill His calling in our lives. You have a place in the will of God. You have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And it never starts until you you receive Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. It's never started. Never started. This, This supersedes church, if you will. We're not talking about joining a church right now. We're talking about receiving Christ Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. So if you've never done that, I want to give you that opportunity today. Whether you're sitting here, whether you're whether you are watching on Facebook, man, I want to give you that opportunity today to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be your Savior, to be your Lord. This is critical for you because regardless of what happens around you, you've heard me talk about how the church sometimes is stray. Regardless of what happens in the church, Individually, you are responsible to the Lord. Your soul is important. Your eternal destiny is important. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants you to give your life to him. So will you do that today? Will you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? If you will, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sin. Your death satisfied the righteous requirement of the law that says the soul that sins shall surely die. Lord Jesus, you died for me so that I don't have to live eternally in hell. I don't have to continue in this life in spiritual death and die and go to hell. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for granting my request. Thank you for receiving me as your child. You may write to us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. That's tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause,